let's go ahead and give him a hand praise. That's lovely. You've seen something quite wonderful here this weekend. You've seen something wonderful. You've been part of something quite wonderful. For one generation to rise up and bless another is part of our inheritance. You have to live long enough to get there. And I am just amazed you may be seated. I'm amazed to hear, uh, and I think actually that's the ages I remember for your girls. I don't think at my first meeting Timothy and the baby were there. I'm starting to remember. It seems like Sister Bishop Wright said that maybe you were home with the other two. But when I saw those pictures, I was like, that's them. Because I didn't see them grow up. I've just seen them as they've become young adults. Missed the in-between. But how wonderful to see your children rise up and call you blessed in the gates. That's also part of being a virtuous woman. It also speaks well of their father, that he has loved their mother in front of them and showed them how to give respect and honor. There can be no greater gift than the words you speak about each other in front of one another. And what they're not telling and sharing is all the tough moments in between that forged this family into what they are now. So what does that have to do with you? Well, they're Levites. They're out in front of you and you get to watch them but not so that you can spectate. They are models of what God wants to do with you and for you and through you. They go before just a little ahead so you can follow behind and you can learn how to be gracious and kind and, and virtuous and busy and energetic. And then there are times when you have to stop. You just can't keep driving yourself or your family. You have to stop. And I'm going to finish the last two things that I started this morning with Jubilee because I feel like we have been at this church long enough to feel you turn a corner. And that's what this feels like to me. And perhaps it's just simply my perspective because I haven't been here for a while because we've been through COVID. Or maybe it's the sum total of my experiences that have brought me to this moment. But it seems to me that we are at a, we're at a, not a crossroads because we're moving. We know what direction we're going, but it just feels like we've turned a corner together. And I like turning corners. It suggests that something is about to open up before us. We've been looking back, and, and there are two things I want to say uh, while Timothy continues just to, I feel the presence of the Lord. Can you feel him in the room? I spoke to you about what Jubilee means, not just for Sister Angie's 50th, but I used it as a springboard to explain to you what the Bible says about it. And I'm sure there are people here who have studied Jubilee, and probably your bishop, right, and your senior pastor have discussed these things with you. But it's poignant to me because it's characterized by release, just a letting go, a letting go. I talked about personal liberty, which implies a captivity. And I talked about the return of inheritance, which implies loss. 
And of course, you can't talk about inheritance in Israel without talking about Lot. It is my lot. In one place, David said, I guess it's my lot to suffer this affliction, but I will remember you. I'm suffering right now. It is my lot. Everybody say, it's my lot. One of the young men in our congregation ministered last Wednesday, and he made this statement, which was very encouraging to me, coming from a, a just newly 30s, in the 30s, and said, I'm seeing a lot of Christianity with no cross. And I thought, that's amazing. Because the Bible says, if we suffer with him. And, of course, these moments, these poignant moments when people get up and they summarize 50 years. How can you summarize 50 years of anybody's life in a 1,000 services? You can't do it. It's not possible. You can't scrutinize every moment lived, but you can capture for a time, and you can say, we made it. And I, I kept thinking of Moses in the plains of Moab, somewhere on a mountain before they crossed the Jordan, God took him up and said, you get up to that mountain, you're going to die there. He, he literally said, and die there. But before you go, I'm going to show you what your people are going to inherit. By lot. And then he begins to describe at the end of Deuteronomy, it's almost like God did a 360 and said, I want you to see it all. You're not going, but I'm going to let you see it. You're not going to make the crossing, but you're going to see it's part of your lot. Your lot was to be born to parents who were in slavery. Your lot <clears throat> was to be raised as a prince of Egypt. Your lot was to have an identity crisis because you didn't identify with Egyptians and then you didn't identify with Israelites either. And both groups rejected you. That was your lot. But it was also your lot because you were schooled in the ways of Egypt. And it was your lot to have an affliction. I'm a man of slow speech. That was your lot. But I didn't want you to run from your lot. You remember when he got mad at Moses? Because Moses said, I don't want to do the talking. And the Lord said, didn't I make your tongue? And what he was saying is, that was your lot, Moses. Yeah, but I, I, I need to cover my lot. <laughs> I don't, I reject my lot. And I, I remember the first identity crisis when, when God delivered to Moses, this is what you're going to do, what I'm going to do with you. He said, who am I? I'm conflicted. And you know what the Lord said to him? I'll be with you. You didn't answer me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but you didn't answer my question. Well, in point of fact, I did. I'll be with you. It's your lot to not quite fit either camp so that you can deliver from one and lead the other. And now it's your lot to see what they haven't seen. You're going to see the big picture. And then it's going to be your lot to bless someone else. And they're going to do the daily grind. I'm going to show you where they're going. And he had to learn about Lot so that he could give everybody else their shot, their Lot. And that has spoken to me so much because most of my life has been spent 
trying to figure out what my lot is and how I can avoid it. You know what I'm talking about? All the things you do to try to strengthen the weaknesses and play to the strength. And God just does not allow it. Paul, we idolize him. Did you honestly think he wrote things like, but they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise? Why would he have ever said that? Because he was living in the middle of all those other apostles. And they didn't accept him initially. And then he heard people saying, I like Apollos. He's my hero. Well, I like this guy. and I like that guy. And he said, so he had to face that. He, he had to face the comparison thing. He had to get over it. Oh, he also had to face Stephen. You don't write things like that. He, he gave the jewel, but he did not tell you about the struggle. Except when he said, I've wrestled with the beasts of Ephesus. There are moments when he just poured out and I've been beaten three times and I've and then he said I'm speaking like a fool and so there are moments you can see the conflict that Esther was talking about virtue the struggle between faith and fear the struggle between past present future our lot whether you got a lot of acreage in the promised land or whether you got a little it will take God to help you through the challenges of your lot that that has been revelatory to me and when you say well if I had known this I would have made some different choices. Oh, you can always look back like that. That's why we sang the goodness of God because it, God already anticipated what you were going to do before you were conceived. So you can't escape saying, if I could have done this, I would have avoided He's He already knew. And he's already made provision ahead. What about my kids? God knows about every single one of us. At all times, there is a scripture. I want you to put up Psalms 139, 17 and 18. Let's see. We started service at 6 o'clock, right? It's 724. I didn't time the kids. They said a lot of powerful words, didn't they? And you can tell that they took thought. These children took thought. Forgive me. These young people. These adults. Psalms. Oh, dear. Siri's talking to me. Psalm 139, 17 and 18. How precious are also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Now you heard words which were preceded by thoughts. One half cup of sand is two million grains. I don't even know if I have a hundred thoughts a day. You think you think a lot? His thoughts are lots. 
his plan, his purpose, his calling. So the return of inheritance means that something was lost. I don't know how you deal with loss. Some people, some people can just walk past it, I guess. Some people build a wall. Some people fall in. Um, I don't know. I, I think everybody deals with it differently. And I think what the number 50 implies, the first 20 years of your life you just spent getting here and growing up. But the last 30, a lot's been going on. At least for the last 26. And so... For the last 46 years of Sister Angie's life, she grew up, became a wife and a mother and raised children and went through struggles and is here. But so did you. The third thing that <clears throat> Jubilee means, and I stopped this morning and I'm just going to finish it, remission of debts remission of all debts. Do you know what atonement is? Atonement is when they killed all those animals and the blood rolled their indebtedness ahead, but it was still there. It was never removed. It was there. The jubilee is the remit of it. It's when the invoice saying this is what you owe is burned. At some point, the United States has a terrific debt, and I understand that we're approaching the point at which, according to Janet Yellen, we are going to be, I don't want to, it's not in arrears, I'm not sure what the, they were talking about making a platinum coin for a trillion dollars so they can put it in the bank and people can go, that's settled. I heard this ridiculous discussion on National Public Radio. That's not going to solve the indebtedness. And people talk about what our children will owe. And oh God, the indebtedness. We can shackle ourselves to people and them to us because of wrongs they've done to us, wrongs we've done to them, or wrongs that have been done to those we love. Can you imagine if we could cancel the debts? So that your moment is not defined by the crisis of betrayal or hurt. Oh, my word, if this is Jubilee, sign me up. Say, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a moment of such complete trust that I go, God, I just want to take this. I'd like you to take the shackle off my feet. I've been carrying this with me for years. And it kind of limits how I can move because I've been so deeply hurt. Somebody owes me. They can't pay. And in the same breath, when I'm saying, God, release me, I'm dragging the people that did it with the other foot. Because I don't know where to put them. Jubilee says, I remit the debt. I see and saw. Does not mean that you go back to a toxic relationship. 
and say, I'm going to try to restore what was lost. That's, that's a God thing. But so it is a God thing to release, to say, you don't have to carry that anymore. I'll take care of it. Which of you, by taking thought, can increase your stature? How is it that by worrying over things that happen to us, through us, by us, with us, families, entire families put on a shackle from a hurt perceived or real of one of the members and then we are limited. We are limited in love. We are limited. And the Lord said, I want to remit the debt. I'm going to pay their debt that they owe you and I'm going to pay the debt you owe somebody else so you can go debt free. No guilt, no shame, no more anxiety. No more of that. Just free. Free. Get free. Get free. God, give us a jubilee. Yeah. I'm reminded of the unjust steward who himself was in debt. And he wasn't in debt because of an accident. He was actually stealing. So he was guilty. And he was caught. And he came to the king from whom he had stolen. And the, 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 the debt that man owed was worth like 10 lifetimes of salary. 10 lifetimes. He was never going to be able to pay it. And he got on his knees and he said, please cancel the debt. I don't want to lose my wife and my kids over my debt. I did it. But they're going to pay. Because of what I did, they will pay. And the king had mercy on him and said, I rescind the debt. I wish the story ended there. Because the guy went out. And one of the people that he worked with owed him like 10 bucks. And he grabbed him by the throat and he said, give me what you owe me. You owe me this. I'm telling you right now, it is possible to sit in a service where liberty is preached and feel that people owe you something, never realizing how great my debt was that God canceled for me. The stuff I've done, the places I've been, the thoughts I've had. How many thoughts is he thinking about me? He doesn't want you to spend your lot shackled. given him so much his servants came and said you rescinded his debt but for ten dollars he choked somebody for ten dollars he turned around see the remission of the debt did not create gratitude and it did not create the one important thing that releases the shackle on your right foot forgiving the people who have wronged you. Now the Lord can forgive you the wrongs you've done to him. But when he does that, you know how the connection's been made? When you just let go. When 
And the only way I know is when you see what you owed God, because you can't compare. You can't go, well, I didn't do that to you. The only way you can really let people go from what they've done, and please look at me. We do transgress against each other. We do trespass. We do it in church and we do it out of church. You are going to get trespassed. Jesus showed us how to take it from a family and how to take it from his closest friends. Okay? So at some point, what you do is you go, you have forgiven me a lot more than I will ever forgive them for. back and reconcile I want to hear chains falling here tonight say but I'm going to have to go see him again I understand that that what happens when you let go is the lines are redrawn you, you're trying to hang on to something the way it used to be maybe and you remember when it happened I don't know I, I all I know is I've been where you are and will be again, and I don't want to be saddled. I don't want the last years of my life to be afflicted by somebody else's debt to me. I want to cancel the debt with the same forgiveness that was given to me. Give me the key of B-flat, Tim. There is power in the name of Jesus. You say, I can't, I'm so wounded. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to give you a chance right now to break every chain. I don't know where you are, but even if you can't come to the front right now, I got one more thing. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands and say, I can't do this, but if you'll unshackle me, I'll let it go. I don't want to wake up to it every day. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know. And I hear the Lord saying, if you'll just let me, I'll unlock your other ankle. And the only way to do it is I want you to forgive. I want you, that means I want you to give before they ask for it. Doesn't mean you're going to go start a relationship. It just means you're asking that I don't carry this on my right foot every day of my life. God, let me let it go. Please let me let it go. Please, Lord, let me let this go. There is power. 
in the name of Jesus there is power in the name of Jesus maybe you've been disappointed and you're dragging that on your right foot there is power in the name of Jesus if you're comfortable I want you to just reach out and touch somebody sitting next to you I want us to pray for one another right now God I don't want to drag this around I don't want the debt I don't want to see the debt I don't want to see it I want to cancel it I want mine canceled and I want to cancel somebody else's I want to let it go I want to let this go I want mercy to pour through me. I want it to pour through me because I don't want to drag it with me every day of my life. Release me. Release me, Lord. Release me. Hallelujah. Release me. Give me jubilee from my indebtedness. I don't want to forgive, but you can't forgive me unless I forgive them. I got to let it go. I don't want to carry it. Not another year, not another moment. All of us are going to have moments of suffering and betrayal. The only thing I know to do is bring the pain to the altar. If it hurts as bad as I know it does, it's a sacrifice to the Lord. It's the most precious thing you've got because your grief is powerful. Your loss is powerful. Your bitterness belongs to God. You can't have it. It's part of anointing. It's one half. Hashanda. The bitterness can be counterbalanced by the sweet. And the presence of the Holy Ghost is in the room to bring the sweet to the bitter. Come on, church. Bear with me a little bit. Ah. Yeah. hear those chains falling I hear the chains falling release me release me I want you to pray for one another we're at a turning point we're at a turning point Yeah. Uh, he said, I came to set the captives at liberty. I've been captured. I can't pay the debt, and they can't pay me. Where do I go with the brokenness? Where do I go? He said, I'll pay the debt for both of you. for you to unshackle my feet I hear it 
I feel it. I see it. Jubilee. Come on. Let your voice rise like a trumpet. Jubilee is a ram's horn. Release me. I release you. Release me. I release you. I release you. Yes. Mercy and forgiveness. Mercy pays what you could not pay. His mercy endures forever. There is a stream of mercy you can dip into right now. Mercy for you, for your failures. Mercy for everybody else's. We can't even live up to our own expectations. No flesh is justified in His sight. But mercy sets us both free. Hallelujah. Let those shackles fall off your feet, off your hands. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go and learn to walk without pain, without weight. It's one thing to carry a cross. It's another thing to drag a chain. They are not the same. While we're praying, there's one more element of this, and I want you to keep praying. You can pray and listen. It's all right. The last thing was rest and reliance on God. When you just stop fighting so hard to produce. I'm not talking about not adding to your faith, virtue, experience, knowledge, patience. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the battle for significance. It's in us. The conflict with me, myself, and I. And in Hebrews, the Bible said, I tried to give Israel rest. I fed them. They despised my manna. I clothed them. They never noticed their shoes didn't wear out or their clothes. They wanted a king when I gave them a a prophet. I was their king. And Hebrews interpreted it and said the reason they could not rest, they could not rest, is because they did not believe me. So they wore themselves out 
and they destroyed everything they touched. Their relationships with their spouses suffered. Their children went into captivity until the entire nation was destroyed. But we know the end of that story that God's going to restore it literally. But Paul said they were written to us as an admonition. And in Hebrews, he said, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he hath also ceased. Hebrews 4, 9 through 10. He also hath ceased from his own works. Working it. Working it. I'm going to work this. I got to do this. I've got to. It's amazing to me, Sister Angie said for most of 2022, she wasn't working nothing. The neck wasn't working. It's almost as if the head and the neck were separated. The brain was working, but the neck could not direct. Uh uh-uh. uh. And the Lord just put her on a forced rest and affliction. That completely debilitated her from doing her work so he could do his. I want you to close your eyes. The battle in our flesh, and we do battle. I would I would love to think that Esther, Elizabeth, Timothy, and Nathaniel because their mother has won so many of her battles are not going to have any of their own that is not how this works they've each been assigned a lot in life and they're now just learning the parameters and the boundaries and the limits and they're going to find out a little bit more the longer they live they're going to learn that just naming claiming doesn't make it so What's going to happen when they've struggled and struggled and struggled and beat their head against a wall, rising early and going to bed late? There's a scripture that says, it is a vain thing for you to rise early and go to bed late, for so he giveth his beloved rest. It's in me. The urge, the desperate need to produce to be useful, to show something. The works of my own hands, wait. The Lord said, that's what you've been doing to me. You are worshiping the works of your hands and not me who made your hands. Oh, God, but I'm supposed to be productive. But in the year of Jubilee for three years, three, not 30 minutes, not three times a week, but for three years, you're going to have to rely on me to feed you. I want you to rest. Would you bow your heads? I, I'm going to close. Maybe you're not the one who carried a shackle. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I want to be rid of mine. What I owe God and what someone else owes me, I, I want to, I want to, I want to I want those off my ankles. I can't afford them anymore. What was it you said make straight paths for your feet, but rather let that which is lame. I wonder if maybe I've been lame because of what I've been dragging. 
That's another thought. So listen to me. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just speaking what Jesus said. Come to me, all you that labor. And you're heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. I'll give it to you as a gift. Take my yoke. So you're not going to be able to just go yoke free. He said, I want you to walk with me. Uh, Take my yoke and learn of me. I think that means learn from me and learn about me. Walk with me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Hallelujah. I want you to pause and I want you to think about that for a minute. God, we are in your presence, totally stripped, bare of pretense. We are in desperate need of you. We are in need of your exceeding precious presence because we are going out of here tonight to face our lot. And it is a lot to consider. So just like you told Moses when he had an identity crisis and when he was worn out. Let us enter in to the place you put him. There is a God who loves me. Who wraps me in his arms And that is the place Where I'm changed That's where I
million thoughts, two million thoughts and half a cup of sand. How many thoughts do you think is flying through his mind right now about us? Lift your hands, oh Jesus, fill me. Fill me, release me, make me, draw me, heal me, help me, deliver me, bless me, enlarge my borders. Oh Jesus. who
levantó mis manos aunque no tenga fuerzas levantó mis manos hay salud en esta habitación y el Señor está aquí por su gente cuando levantó mis manos mis cargas se van nuevas fuerzas tú me das todo eso es posible all things are possible all things are possible can you just tarry for a moment oh I feel a release in the Holy Ghost there's healing in the house oh reach out you can turn up this monitor for me on the keyboard I'd appreciate it reach out yeah So I'm going to tell you right now, even though I can't see it, I got a testimony. Where I am right now, I don't even know how God's going to do it, but I believe he's going to do it. You believe with me? 
my life And I think things over I can truly say That I've been blessed I've got a testimony Oh, when I look back over my life truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. Oh, yeah, I can testify. Oh, yeah. When I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly I've got a test. 